0: Welcome to a bootleg edition of ARG presents. I'm your good pal, your good buddy, a fairly accurate copy of Amigo Aaron, joined by a man that hmm, looks like they got the Brit down perfectly. I give you the bootleg Brit. As bootleg, yeah. <laughs> Listen, stick with that guy. <laughs> He's a lot more agreeable than you are. So last week the Brent, if you joined us, we spun the wheel, we made the deal, and this week we'll be playing Bam. It's Nintendo NES bootlegs, NES bootleg, Brent. Now listen, I'm not the biggest NES fan. I don't hate it or anything. I'm not ragging on it. But I didn't know about this crazy realm, this bootleg area of the NES. I mean, listen, I know there's always bootlegs on machines. Oh, yeah. But what is up with this? There's a ton of these things, ain't there?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to get into it, we can get into it. Get into it, brother. The Asian market uh yeah. really China and Russia uh India too but not so bad yeah they have major restrictions and financial difficulties when it comes to uh games and stuff China specifically they've banned everything Yeah, like especially from like 2001 they banned everything uh game wise they've got crazy restrictions over there too but that's not here or there um Don't make the Chinese mad at you. You Oh no, you you know, they can do whatever they want with their country. I'm just saying that they have crazy restrictions when compared to what we have. Uh, Anyway, the NES blew up. Big console, right? Back in the day. Yeah. But it was expensive. And it was incredibly expensive when you have to put in all the import duties and stuff like that on top of it when you're going to China, especially. Uh, So... What these people did was like, well, screw this. We're just going to make our own in- NES with hookers and blackjack. Yeah. And then they got rid of the hookers and blackjack and went straight bootleg NESes. There are not like one or two of these. There's dozens, dozens of NES. So you're, you're talking about bootlegged hardware. Here. Hardware. Oh, like yeah. The actual
0: the actual console is bootlegged. That's correct. And would the bootleg
1: versions play a, like a legitimate legal cartridge? Uh, a, Irrelevant for their needs, but I'm not sure. I'm not, I, I would assume no. There's probably a million, million bios. Different,
0: There's probably a million versions of these bootleg consoles. There, there are. Right. There's
1: tons. There's tons. But they became incredibly popular. Like, the NES, not so much nowadays. I mean, it's been, what, like 35 years or something. But up until, like, the 2000s, and even a little past the 2000s, yeah. the the NES clones, the bootlegs, were still being sold in shops. Yeah. And it, it was a common item. Because uh, people didn't have money or access to upgrade to the next generation of consoles. Yeah. So when you have something that runs that long and has that much of a uh, base, you know, a customer base, Yeah. you start getting a lot of these bootleg games. Now, a lot of times, they'll just take a bunch of games, you know, 14-in-1, 20-in-1, stick them all in a bunch of uh, I part, got some of those, yeah. Yeah, and throw it out there. But some of these companies were like listen there is a demand for these games that we don't have access to you know the things that were made on the 16 bit systems but not on the 8 bit systems and they tried to take advantage of that and take that market because the you can't stop all information people knew that these 16 bit games were out there they wanted to play them but all they had was an 8 bit bootleg system so companies started making D-Makes, which is a something when you hit, come down uh, a generation and make it for a lower-powered system. Uh, and some of them are good. Most of them are not good. But, That's true. But the market was there. The market was there. And because of that, uh, we have categories like NES bootlegs. Yeah. You know,
0: uh, if you're watching the video, of this the streaming of the radio. I made a li- uh, I downloaded a big list of bootlegs. It goes on for days. Yeah. I mean, there were eight million, and there would be bootlegs of the bootlegs uh, coming out uh, coming out the union. Now we'll talk about bootlegs that weren't necessarily rip-offs, that we were also can con- put in the category games that were made that just didn't have the NES light the Nintendo license on them that had not- that were original games, and there are some of these as well where they just they made a game. They didn't get Nintendo's permission or approval, but the, and then they just released it anyway.
1: Well, and those, your, I mean, we even had some of those over here in the U.S. You know, yeah. your your uh, Tato uh, Tetris is probably the, the most famous, or Tangent Tetris, sorry, uh, probably the most famous. Uh, where you know they've had a big court legal battle. Nintendo's not taking any of these gamers, to any of these games we're going to talk about today to court because you you can't win. The, the copyright laws in these countries are, are virtually non-existent. And why are they going to bow to an outside power for what they can and cannot sell? It's hard to sue Hidden Pirate Island. Well, no, I mean, the, a lot of these... See, when you say that, and I know you're making kind of a jest, but something you have to understand, these were legitimate companies. These were big companies who said, You know what? We're going to do this. Come get us if you want to. It's not like they were hiding in their little cave. This is stuff that you would find on, you know, store shelves. Yeah. These weren't your back deal trench coat guy. You know, saying hey, you want to buy a Nintendo game? That's the that's the most remarkable thing
0: about this to me. Like when I think bootlegs, I just think like in my mind, it's like there's a guy, and he's and he's uh, and he's in an office somewhere, and he's and they're like, yeah, you make a uh, bootleg. Uh, Tetris or whatever he makes something up, yeah. But these were often teams of people, absolutely working for a company that it was like a big deal, yeah. And that's the hardest thing to come to grips with, you know, that that there are these companies going around that do this stuff now, and these things uh, sell heavily in the, in Asia and these some in some European countries. It's it's odd to us because it's so locked down over here uh, that 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 happens, but it it's
1: a it's quite remarkable.
0: They made good money too,
1: apparently, and when you have
0: Developers,
1: uh, you also have publishers, and there were publishers for this stuff. Yeah,
0: you know? <laughs> that's something else I can't believe. So,
1: it, it, just think of the the game structure that we have in the West and in Japan, um, where you have a publisher that says, "I want this type of game." They find a developer, the developer builds it, gives it to the publisher. The publisher works on the the marketing and the distribution. All of that happens just with. Copyrighted material.
0: Now we can. We will we'll say this: uh, the publishers for the you know, and, and this sort of reminds me of like, like your low end publishers in stuff like the UK or something. There are different vari- There are different uh, uh, publishers that have different standards that they would have you adhere to. Oh sure. Some, and I'd say for the most part, I've been looking through a bunch of these games. They had no standards. They yeah. came up. They were like anything you want. Okay, that sounds good, and that's what and that's what they would do. And so it was any sort of crap you want, they would let you... They didn't care if it was functional, if it worked, what it looked like or sounded like. Did it, was it something that would crash? You know, I don't think the standards were very high for probably 99% of these games.
1: Well, and, and I don't think that's completely true. I think the... the did you play these? <laughs> yeah, I played quite a few. I think the, the issue here is the quality expectation is different between... The West and the people who are publishing these bootlegs—they are not expecting a Super Mario Brothers three. They're expecting, you know, uh, a generic Street Fighter quality. Yeah. Because that's what they've grown up with. Then that, that's something else to think of, Aaron. They didn't—they've never had access to some of this first-party software. They yeah. had no way to play it. I mean, they might have seen it. They probably—I'm sure—they know it exists but they never played that quality of game so they don't expect that quality of game you know the funny thing about these bootlegs and I, I a few years
0: ago for christmas i bought like i don't know 10 knockoff handheld consoles and, it, mm-hmm. and what did it play it played like a thousand zillion nes games yeah. right and of course they're all misnamed because sometimes it just basically take it just take the original existing game and fiddle with it a little bit and release. Sprite chops. Yeah, that kind no, of thing. No, I mean they actually take the whole game, rename the, put a different title screen on it or whatever yeah. and release it. But anyway this thing was chock full of crazy wacky games. Yeah. You know that came I remember out. it I remember and even it. the little console itself was a bootleg. And then I've also got a cartridge for the NES that had it's like 192 and one. Yep. Listen I knew what I was getting. Bootleg, brother. It's got some real games and a bunch of garbage games on it. And these guys, even uh, the uh, bootleggers, we've making mini consoles and plug-and-play games that would go into your TV. Yep. Well into the two thousands, and it's funny because when the uh, when the NES Mini came out, how many of the bootleg those have you seen that yeah. are just except they have a zillion games on them instead of the ones in NES? They're fake. So it's good to know. I guess it's good to know that the bootleg, the bootleg industry is still hot and heavy and cranking out product. You can't go to a flea market without seeing those NES fake minis sitting around and, and with all the games on it. It's amazing to me, but, I mean, it's funny that the bootleg games that they couldn't get in Asia, not only have they gotten them, but they've also started sending them back to us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we, well, we're getting them now. So, And one more thing to note uh, before we move on. Um, Nintendo tried to work with these people at one time. You're kidding. And, no, they said, listen. That didn't like Nintendo. They said, listen. Were you, they, they found a company that was large enough, and they said, listen, here's our console. We're going to have you distribute this, right? It's going to be a legit thing. And uh, uh, it was not an NES. It was a branded for, for the China market. And they uh, tried it, and it looked like it was going to work. But it was too expensive. Because you've got to pay all those import fees, plus Nintendo wants their cut, and the guys selling it wants their cut and all that stuff. So Nintendo gave up on it. Well, they just kept selling the console anyway. They said, well, we can do this. We can put this together. That's another thing. The reverse engineering that they've got going on over there is impressive in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. So yeah, they, they took the console that Nintendo said, here, distribute this, let's be partners. They tried it for a while. It looked like it was going to work. It looked like it was going to make money. And then it it, it was just obviously too expensive. It started going down. They kept selling them anyway. So, you know, it's... Here's my question for you, Aaron. Yeah. Morally. Yeah. Morally. Oh, you're okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but go ahead. What are your opinions on this from a moral standpoint? You mean, like, do well, I mean, clearly they're
0: pretty low because I've got some of these. So, clearly, <laughs> well, that, it didn't stop me from buying them because uh, 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 I wanted to have a bunch of NES cartridges on the cartridge. Uh, and funny, of course, I've got every conceivable, uh, 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 you know, car, SD slotted cartridge that you could get. Right. And all that said, but, does this rob <laughs> uh, of the authors and the creators and the workers of money? Absolutely. But in some instances, it's a moot point because if you can't distribute your game somewhere, then you're not going to lose any money because you can't distribute your game there. Yeah. So do I have a problem with a market like? Do I have people in a Taiwan making games and distributing to the people in China? No, because you're not because you're, if the game was distributable there, they'd distribute it. If anything, I have a problem with the government that won't let you have it. All right. That's you know. So yeah. But in terms of you know, in the states, I'm a man of low moral fiber when it comes to piracy. I always have it. I'm not going to lie. And so yes, it's not it's not savory. I can hear Laurent Jerusalem and like gnashing his teeth and punching a wall because he's an honest man. Uh, but uh, uh, I try to uh, I try to be good about that stuff. But I do purchase stuff a lot more than I used to. It's a lot easier now too. That it's but I mean in terms of was this a good practice? No, it was
1: not. Okay. It's an amusing practice, don't get me wrong, but it's not necessarily good. Now, well, my opinion on this, uh, just because I want to throw my two cents in here. When I was in high school and my, my early college days, I downloaded stuff all the time. All the time. And I, it was, for me, it wasn't even about playing the games. It was how large of a collection can I achieve? And uh, I mean, I, I, people do this with music all the time. I just did it with video games because I wouldn't, I wouldn't play 99 percent of the stuff I downloaded. But I did it because I was poor, yeah, and I, I had literally no ability to go out and, and do it. I was work, I was working, I was in school. I used the money, you know, to pay. So I didn't have a, an entertainment budget. Now that I'm an adult, yeah,
0: <laughs> debatable.
1: Uh, I have not downloaded or used any bootlegs of video games for a considerable amount of time. Um, I that I, as- from this show? I, no, no, no. I mean, new releases. Okay. New releases. Um, because, I mean, back in the day, something hit the shelf, I'd have it downloaded. Yep. I, I, j- I just don't do that anymore. And a lot of it is, first of all, I have the means of which to purchase these things now. Um, and I have... Uh, uh I desire to be selective and I because I know that in this realm my money is my voice, uh when it comes to, you know, support, you've got to support what you like sort of thing. From an Asian market perspective, uh, where their their income, their you know, their gross national product is lower, I can one hundred percent see why this Bootleg things are uh, a thing. And yeah. I actually support the companies that go out there and make their own games using properties of other property holders. When you, I mean making fresh new games using existing properties. I, I don't like that when they just pull a game and put it on a cart. I, I can't approve of that. But if you're doing your own thing, if you're making your own sprites, your own engine, your own games, uh, but you're using, you know, Mickey Mouse or Mario or Sonic, I honestly I don't have much of a problem with that. So you got that, everybody. The Brit in
0: favor of bootlegging. <laughs> there it is. Somebody send that send that out immediately. Uh, so much for the confessional uh, table. <laughs> so with all that said, holy smokes. Uh, we picked a couple of bootlegs to try now i ran through a bunch of bootlegs you know yeah. I'll, i'm gonna lead the dance today here i go and so well there's my
1: feet i looked look on.
0: through a lot of these games and some of these i would played because i've got all these bootleg items that yeah. i own and if i could give them of gifts i love them In fact, i think i sent one out from the secret santa on discord a couple years ago i think bark but got one uh but anyways uh, I looked through a lot of these, uh, and I, I thought to myself, "I'm going to pick something that's a game." I've got—I I had a goal.
1: That's—that's <laughs> that's a good place to start when you're reviewing a game.
0: I'm going to pick one that's a game, and that right. I can actually somehow play, because some of these are unplayable disasters. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, thought I thought to understand myself, what you're saying. And I thought, but I was hesitant because I had a moral quandary. Because I was like, you know, if I play one of these that looks good, people might be like, "Hey, this is great," you know. So I'm just the disclaimer: none of these are great. At the bare minimum, you've got something that's pretty good, but it's not like great. But with all that said, I probably went, I ended up, I guess I picked the mother of all
1: bootlegs. I I think we picked, we honestly, I think we picked the two most well known and highly praised games. It
0: wasn't intentional, but I I, just, because I've beaten this game in the past. Let's go ahead and spill the beans, Brenda. I played the old Super Mario World, the NES version of Super Mario World. Now, Super Mario World is a game that I actually beat a few years ago proudly. I, I remember I've never been so happy. A few years ago, yeah, I beat it. it it's been about it's been about ten years ago, and oh, I finally okay. beat the darn thing. Uh, if you've ever played the original Super Mario World, uh, terrific the brand, game, a great game, uh, of just a one of the all time classics. It's yeah. I mean it's got to be in the top ten platform games of all time. Maybe maybe top five. I love that game.
1: Ooh. I definitely wouldn't put it in the top five, but I I I completely agree. It's an incredible game, and it deserves incredible praise. Anyway, uh, released
0: uh, in uh, 1990 on the Super Nintendo, Uh, this had you in the uh, role of Mario. It's it's basically a sequel to Mario uh, Super Mario. And uh, the Mario series. This is like This would be like this was its debut on the uh, Super Nintendo. Correct launch game. Yeah. And so this was highly anticipated when it came out, uh, as you can imagine. And it did not disappoint. They took a lot of the stuff that was great from the other Super Mario games and and just cranked up the levels. They cranked up the creativity of the levels. They cranked up uh, the uh, the sheer vast scope of the game. It was huge.
1: It had an overworld map. Well, they had the ability to do that with, right. the, with the more powerful it was, hardware. It had great
0: music. It had it had all the music. It had all the beautiful effects that a game like this, it, it, and it maintained what Mario was. It was just, I mean, one of the all-time great games. Uh, it was well-received everywhere. It got glowing reviews. Of course. Now, this is the uh, Super Nintendo version of this game. And so you're probably thinking to yourself, well, sure, uh, Everyone loved it. How in God's name did they put this thing on the on the uh, NES? Well, they did, and believe it or not, <laughs> this is not. In fact, I'm going to say it. This is impressive. Okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. I was impressed by this game. I had not played this, so this game uh, was released uh, on the Famicom, which is the is the Japanese version of the NES. Yeah. Uh, and it was released in 1995, so this came out five years after this came out on the Super Nintendo. Now, what this tells us two things: it one that this game was so popular that it, they 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 thought it was valuable to port backwards to the yeah, NES, the and two that the NES was still cooking so uh, so well. In these markets, that they thought there was money to be made by yeah. porting a popular game to it, and they were right. And they, well, they—I guess they were. I don't have much sales figures on it, but I, I, I'm wagered it did pretty good. So this was, but like Brent said, this was published, uh, and it was published by a company called JY Company. Put a lot of thought into that, and it was developed by an outfit called the Hummer Team. Mm-hmm. Now these guys, uh, I looked into the Hummer Team. These guys are out of uh, Taiwan. I pay to be exact, and they were—they'd only been in business as a as a developer, and I say developer, but I, mean, I it, they are developers. But I don't know what you call bootleg developers. I don't know if there's a term <laughs> for it. Uh, these guys had been active in '92, and get this—the Hummer team was active until 2010. Wow! So they were—they were, re- <laughs> they were t- well, and they were and, well, the big boys. Well, Hummer team did like. Those little uh, plug-and-play consoles—they did those until they—they got a lot of mileage out of them. They—they um, uh, uh, they were the big wheels that were behind this game, and again, out of Taiwan, which you know anything goes, I guess. Uh, they had a big staff. Uh, the head guy—and again, these names—I'm not going to go into everybody—but the head guy was named Hummer Ching. He was the—he uh, was a the guy, and he was around till 2006. Then you had a cast of thousands at worth on these. These guys were prolific uh, releasers of titles for the NES, uh, including uh, versions of Street Fighter, uh, versions of tons and tons of fighting games, tons of Mortal Kombat, Aladdin, uh, Tekken 2. I almost picked Tekken 2, by the way. (laughs) Donkey Kong Country 4, Final Fight 3. A lot of these games with these weird names, they're not like. They're basically ports, and they just put a new number on them to make them look fresh. Yeah. They're basically, like, demaking these up for the for the NES. Uh, and King of Fighters, Earthworm Jim. I mean, they had their hands in all sorts yeah, of pies. Uh, and so, and they were, I mean, they were considered big deals. They got into the plug and plays. They would do the 60-in-1s. They would do all these little things that would plug. It was like a joystick would plug into your TV. You know? Think about that. Such was the pull of, of, of these guys. That you're talking about bootleg publishers, bootleg developers that are making and molding
1: hardware yeah, and developing yeah. PCBs and stuff. Yeah. It's it's quite remarkable. I mean, it's the, it's the exact same chain that we have over here, just you know, less legal in our eyes. It's I I, I find it quite amazing. Uh, so uh, the, they
0: they their own engine to port the stuff back, and but the engine they used, I, I think this was the first game to use this engine. Which is, they call the Super Mario World engine. But they have another engine that's based on, like, Brent's game. I saw that that he's going to talk about. Uh, So, uh, what do you do in this? Well, if you'll recall, uh, Super Mario World has you go through this game, uh, and, uh, you know, it's a a basic Mario game. But it added some abilities, like the ability to, like, stash an item, uh, the ability to ride a Yoshi. Uh, there were levels that took place where you hung on a fence and stuff, and amazingly, stunningly, this stuff's all retained. Yep. Now, is this an exact duplicate of Super Mario? No, of course not. There, it's impossible. Right, but there are areas in this that are—I don't know if they just ran out of time or just stopped caring. For example, uh, what's uh, one of the famous aspects of, of Super Mario is the question mark boxes? Okay. There are tons of those in this game, but very few are actually
1: jump, do anything. Well, I can actually, do you know the answer? What I is do. the answer? Hop in. There are sprite limitations with the NES. Yeah. <clears throat> and they were having problems where you would hit these blocks, and the the sprite animation of them hitting the, the the block popping up, if you got too many of those on a screen at one time, it would crash the game. hmm uh, so they worked, it, they worked on it, they worked on it, they worked on it, and they finally said, you know what, this is the lane release. It was it was one of the biggest bugs they had. Well, I mean, they had a lot of bugs, but this was one of the, the crashiest ones. And they said, screw it, we just won't add that animation
0: in. Yeah, there were actually quite a few moments in the game that aren't, that, there are quite a few things in the game that aren't there. And the crashing is a big, there are some boss battles that were changed. There were certain oh, turns, yeah. There were enemies that were deleted that because they were causing crashes. Uh, there are also uh, elements of the game that, like uh, in the original Super Mario World, elements where you could dig down through certain uh, blocks. The blocks are there, but you can't, and you can even do the move. But there are certain blocks you can't dig down into like you could. Yeah. In the in the original spin jumps, there's plenty of areas that aren't there. But I can tell you, uh, having I played this for a good while, and then I watched someone go through the whole thing. Uh, you've got about uh, if you play this and are perfect at it you can you you're still into this thing for uh, a, a, an hour hour and a half of play yeah and if you're and that's if someone who's a stud yeah, that's, your yeah. average person this is gonna be this is a proper game that Absolutely. you can play with now I want to talk about controlling Mario how it works you'll recall that Mario world Super Mario world was a on a Nintendo uh, a Super Nintendo joystick controller it had uh, six buttons plus that start and select, and the, of course the NES controller doesn't have that many. Well, they actually do a fairly decent job uh, with that uh, because one of the main th- hitting up and down as you jump does different things depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, it, but I mean, you really have all, most of all of Mario's moves, including the spinning attack. It's got the speed up. You've got the fireballs, the whole nine yards a lot of the items that were in the original, I mean the, the cape, all that job, it's in here. Does it have lava levels? Yes. Does it have underwater levels? Yes. Yeah. It does. Uh, does it have the music? It does. It has a no, I mean if you consider it's, decent. What, it's the NES version of a lot of the Super Nintendo version eight. The one thing I've learned about the Hummer team and a lot of the guys that did these bootlegs is that they'll take they'll take some music from the game and then sometimes they'll recycle music they had from other games. These guys had just worked on Donkey Kong Four, Donkey Kong Country Four, and so they used some stuff that was left from that in this, which it yeah. works. Uh, and uh, the music, while uh, it's not of the quality of the of the uh, of the any of this SNES version, it's actually not bad. Yeah, I mean, and I would s- agree with some that. screens are real good. The wall, I thought the water screen was real good. Uh, and so what you've got here are some talented guys, really. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, one of the amazing aspects of the game, and I've read this over and over, is that, uh, if you'll recall in the original version of this game, uh, you could, you could get you a Yoshi, a little dinosaur, and you could hop on the Yoshi, dry, and, you know, ride him around. And I guess the word had gotten out that Nintendo had tried to implement these sort of gameplay elements and other games on the nes they couldn't do it it cor- didn't get it to work look correct or work correct right i've read various uh people talk about this where some people say well it worked it didn't look that good they didn't like the way it looked it uh, but the guys at a humber team managed to pull this off quite nicely oh yeah and it and the yoshi not only does the yoshi feel like he should. He also does the shtick where he eats stuff. He can shoot the fireballs out if he eats the right thing. Yep. Uh, you can jump off the Yoshi in midair. You can do all the stuff with the Yoshi that you could do uh, previously. I was surprised by that, too. And of course, yep. I played the game before I read all these facts. So, I mean, I thought, man, this is real smooth. Now, let's talk about the actual, uh, the way that Mario controls in this. I mean, obviously the controls are with the stick. But I'm talking about the gravity of the situation, the jumping. This is where the game doesn't get it 100% correct. The momentum in this game is sort of backwards. You actually gain speed going uphill, and you don't gain it going downhill. Well, you now, I, stumble, you know? Now, I read that there's a uh, there's a Game Genie code you can put in that actually fixes this, which I did not try. I read this after the fact. Uh, but So that's kind of a weird thing. Plus, when you jump... It, uh, one thing that the original Super Mario world had was pinpoint accuracy when it comes to jumping and leaping uh, this does not have that that much said, this game does have its own uh, feel right and and a feel which you can get used to uh, after a while now <clears throat> I found this game significantly harder than the Super Mario world on yeah. on the on the, uh, on the uh, Super Nintendo. And part of the reason I'm sorry about you, not everything's there that you expect to be there. The stuff you, the levels aren't 100 percent accurate, not even close. Uh, in fact, some levels are drastically changed. But they, they kind of get the, they kind of get the theme of it for the most part. Uh, but not everything you're going to expect to be there is going to be there. And some some levels are real close. Um, but controlling Mario can be a chore, especially in some levels that require a lot of pinpoint accuracy on your jumps, I had trouble uh, controlling him properly. Uh, I want to talk about some of the weird glitches I found in the game. I actually had the game crash on me uh, one time. I also had several instances where I would get to, stuck in an area where you can't escape. This happened to me a lot. Uh, where there was, Really? There, yeah, mm-hmm. because, uh, like, for example, <clears throat> uh, there are levels, but it's early on there's a level... Where there are platforms that rotate, that go around in a Mm -hmm, circle, you jump on them. I would get to a point where I would fall off one or miss it, and it would just rotate up and stop, and it just wouldn't, it wouldn't actually continue rotating. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you had that happen to you. I did. This happened to me a bunch of times. Now, sometimes they've, I assume they knew about this because they, what they did. There are some areas that would have an area, a way to get back after you'd fallen, to get back to where you can try again. You know, but a lot of areas, they just, you were stuck. Yeah. And so that happened to me four or five times uh, where, uh, in, as I'm going through the game. And I, I'll admit, I only played about, I don't know, a third of the way through the game, you know. But I mean, I played enough to, to know what was going on. Still, though, with all that said, uh, the game plays surprisingly well. And if you look at it, uh, uh, held up against its uh, uh, Super Nintendo counterpart, the stuff that they could not render on the NES, they often would put in surrogates. Uh, for, for example, and I'll use the first level as an example. We're, we're looking at it now in the video if you're watching at home. <clears throat> on the first level of the Super Nintendo version, there's a large bullet bob that flies across the screen. Bill, okay. Or bob, sorry, bullet bill. On the NES version, they've re- they, they obviously couldn't do that. So what they ended up doing was having fireballs fly across the screen in mass these things suck, and you they occasionally <laughs> pop up, and so it's a it, that basically is a fill in for for that, uh, which is fine. I mean, because they, they yeah. there are limitations that they just couldn't get around. The overworld map is there. A lot of the secret areas are there. The, mm-hmm. Some of the houses, the ghost. I was very impressed that the ghost houses were represented. Now the ghost houses are changed to a certain degree. Some of the changes they made. I'm not gonna say they're better, but they're. Certainly not bad. I mean, yeah. and their gameplay changes. They change the way a level works because certain things wouldn't work there. They've condensed things into a small tunnel instead of being a large area. The castles and the end bosses are often changed to a certain degree to accommodate what they had at their you know at, available to them hardware-wise. Right. And it, wor- it worked. Uh, so I was pretty surprised by this one, the Brent. I, I have not ever played it before. I have to say... I. I with a few exceptions, like I said the controls aren't perfect. The se- clearly the game wasn't finished. I think if they, I, well, I mean it was the finish it was going to be. I think if this is a game that if, if the if the guys if Hummer team sat down with an unlimited time schedule and and finished up this game, this could be easily releasable uh, on an NES. I mean, if you bought this for your Nintendo or Famicom and you wanted to play Super Mario World. With the exception of some of the glitches, I mean, I don't think this would be too disappointing. No, I mean, I agree. this reminds me in some ways of the if you ever played the Sonic for the uh, Master System, where they took a game that pe- couldn't run the same as it did on the Genesis, and they they changed it enough to where it ran pr- quite nicely. And some people prefer that version. I think it's in that same ballpark. What did you think of
1: it? Uh the the technological feat of this is, is impressive. It is, yeah. Um, some things, some other things that they, they removed uh, that you didn't mention is there are no branching paths, there are no hidden areas. Right.
0: Actually, that's they, not true. There no. are some hidden areas.
1: Well, I mean, like, okay. Uh, alternate exits. There are uh, no exclamation points where you hit them and it makes blocks appear in some levels. Yeah. Uh, those have been removed. That got
0: moved, yeah.
1: Um, but, and there are not... You don't fight all the Koopa Kids. I think there's two... Sets of Koopa kids that you fight, uh, Wendy and uh, Iggy, I think, and then the other boss battles where you would be fighting them. You fight uh, the the big dinosaur thing that you have to hit underneath when it's on the platform. Um, but and you know the backgrounds, obviously, they're not as as detailed and rich as the Super Nintendo version. But really, that's so nitpicky. When you you realize what they've done. Um, Graphically, the game is outstanding. Outstanding. And there was actually two releases of this game, Aaron. Yeah. Um, One was more finished than the other. Yeah. The one on the uh, 142 multi-cart is the one you want to actually play. It's it's the most up-to-date version. Not the actual... uh, uh, cart release that's just by itself um even though i praised it i did not have fun playing this game and it's not graphics, it's not sound it's not the bootleggy nature of it it's the controls and the gameplay the jumps feel so strange to me yeah um, it's hard to get used to, and, and I tried. I really tried, and it wasn't. It wasn't that I was failing to do what I needed to do. I could often do what I needed to do after. I, when you first fire it up, you're going to die over and over and over, probably to the first two or three guys, yeah, because it's so awkward. But you have to stick with it a little bit, yeah. And uh, the other issue I had was just the the speed when he runs is so fast. And it doesn't put you far enough back on the screen. Um, normally in uh, Super Mario World, when you are moving, it gives you the more view distance as you're moving, yeah. right? And then if you turn around or something, it kind of shifts and goes the other way with it. This game doesn't do that. It's it's you are in the middle of the screen all the time, and the running animations are so fast that it's a it's a kiss of death. So you most of the time, at least me. I did not run in this game. I, I did run when I had to, but yeah, this isn't the game where you just all butt
0: through the game. Nah. Yeah, it's like you're not um, going to do that.
1: The the slope thing, running faster up the slope, that didn't bother me. I Also, as couldn't much get the sli- sliding
0: to work. The either. sliding doesn't yeah, work. I Couldn't get that to work no. either. You
1: just gotta hop down. Yeah. Um, when you grab an item, you instantly kick into run speed. Uh, like a turtle shell is yeah. what I mean. Um, which that was That's because
0: you're holding it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that was devastating to me in so many areas because I I got used to the walking pace. I could handle the walking pace. And then you switch into that run animation. I just died so many times. Like, it was so frustrating. It was so frustrating. Um, enemy variety. Something we didn't really touch on in de- in detail. The enemy variety in the levels is not as vast as the Super Mario Counterpart. Yep. It still has more than you would have thought. Yeah. Um, and they all look good. They yep. look real good. So they
0: look just like. I mean, a lot of them just probably, probably just, they've just taken them out of the original game and just and then down downgrade. Yeah, yeah, downgraded the colors.
1: Am I going to start playing this instead of Super Mario World on any on the Super Nintendo? Of course not. But this is a novelty worth checking out. Um, I don't think this is going to. The problem with these type of games is. I've got, and it's the same thing with, with inferior remakes. I've got this experience better somewhere else. Why would I play this? Well, you play it for the novelty. Yeah. for the To see what the NES could have done. And this could all run on an NES. So, I, I, I'm impressed. I'm glad that I got a chance to play it. I'm not going to go back to it. There's, not, there's nothing new that it brought to the table that made me want to play it more and more and more. Um, I did not beat it. I got a decent way through, but I did not beat it, uh, and I didn't necessarily get stuck. I just got frustrated to the point where I didn't want to play anymore. I I, I, I think if you if
0: you're someone that has really cranked through a lot of Mario's, this might be an interesting challenge just because of the control. And I mean, like Brent said, the controls aren't horrible. They're just way different, mm-hmm. and they require. I mean, you're right. That first level, I was like, holy smokes. It's and they're not even way different. It doesn't take that much of a difference yeah. to make them different. Uh, a little uh, bit goes a
1: long way. Just
0: a little tidying up. Uh, I looked and I read a little bit about the guys that made this. Uh, the head, the head guy of Team Hummer said uh, this was the hardest game that Hummer team ever worked on, and it took over a, a, almost a year to make. Which that right there. <laughs> yeah, that's <a> super <laughs> impressive. Yeah, that right there takes something. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that the uh, JY company, the publishers, rushed this out the door, especially since there's that first real shaky version uh, before the. So they're definitely were were under. I mean, think about it. These guys are bootleggers, and this game's been out for five years. And they're still not done with the bootlegs. Like, listen, we've been. It's too late. You got to go. Yeah. So I suspect the the guys that work for EMD probably could have really cleaned up a lot of stuff we don't like. If they didn't have more time, you know, I think they yep. had to get it out the door. Uh, and so I think that's kind of neat. Uh, and there also were a ton of unused tiles in it uh, for guys that never appeared in the game. Uh, so they were either people that were going to appear or they had appeared and were glitching the game up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, they couldn't 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 use them. So it's kind of neat to ponder that. Uh, and there's also even at least one level that got axed apparently so hmm. there yeah so lord that. knows who lord knows what else is in there so of course are you going to buy this cartridge i mean you can't legally buy it you know what i'm saying uh, but you could definitely get it anywhere this is one that i guess you don't have to feel as bad about buying, <laughs> you know because it came it came from nowhere you you send it back for whence it came but i enjoyed this one uh we did get some Discord action here. Let me grab that real quick. Let me ask you one more thing. Britt, while I'm g- pulling this up? Sure. Uh, you kind of winced when I talked about the music, and if you d- didn't think the music was up the snuff for uh, your likings. On- um, I,
1: they they tried to faithfully reproduce uh, the the tunes from the Super Nintendo version, although they often placed them in different levels for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, uh, it was okay. It's sort of like hearing someone sing something that's just a little off key. I'm so used to hearing these songs in their 16-bit form that when I hear them in in a 8-bit, not quite all the way there form, it just kind of makes me wince. Yeah, we got one. This is hey, here's somebody
0: that doesn't send reviews and do awful. We got a review from TSI Matt, our good buddy Matt who uh, is one of the big wheels there with uh, Teen Speaker Regulars. Check them out on Saturdays uh, on The Teen Speaker Regulars on Twitch. A lot of my good buddies there. Uh, Matt writes in, uh, I have this one as well, so I gave it a go. Had a few issues, uh, some of which may have uh, been using RetroArch, where it was throwing random sprites that were not really there on the screen edges as I was walking around, which isn't a big deal. That, yes, that will happen. Uh, the big issue is where I would die trying to jump on flying Koopas, I got to the point on the fifth level where I couldn't get past it because of this. Also, it ran really choppy, which again may have been his emulation. I did not experience I that. did not
1: have any choppiness, no.
0: I have not played the actual Super Nintendo Super Mario World in years, and I don't remember it well. But from what I remember, this seems to be a faithful recreation. But there's a reason it was on a newer system, and it shows. Four out of ten from TSI Matt. So there you go. I will suggest, uh, and if for people that are interested... If you simply Google Super Mario World NES, uh, you can actually play this in your browser. uh, Widger taking plays quite nicely. Uh, I I grabbed this for somebody, so uh, you could play this. I actually had this in one of my... I've got a bootleg stash, so you know me, because that's the way I roll. So anyway, uh, an interesting game uh, for sure. Now, Brent, you didn't go in an entirely different direction. What have you got this week? Uh,
1: I I picked first this week, so I kind of left it to you to pick the crazy one, but we both picked probably the two most popular NES bootlegs out there. I picked Kart Fighter. Kart Fighter, okay. And, and unlike the the name uh, suggests, it has nothing to do with karting and everything to do yeah, with the fighting. Name is, <laughs> I don't, I, the name was odd. Uh, yeah, and we basically Mario Kart was popular at the time. Yeah. Uh, and the, the graphical styles, I guess, are pulled from inspirations of Mario Kart. So they say, eh, fighter. why not? Um, This is another Hummer team game from back in 1994. Since you kind of covered Hummer, I won't go into it again. This was published by GD Industry Corporation, or company, CO. Yes. And, uh, whew, what a game. This is a fighting game that features eight, eight playable characters uh you've got all from the mar from the uh the mario kart universe if you will you've got <laughs> mario for that now sure why not everything else is getting one you've got mario luigi princess peach yoshi toad donkey kong jr cooper trooper and bowser um my what a game uh, let's go over the graphics first. The graphics for this game are tremendous. Like, uh-uh. They are—it's tremendous. Uh-uh. Uh, they had to do it. Something about uh, the NES—it has a limitation on how many colors a sprite can have. Okay, so what they did was what they instead of just having one sprite make up the care the, a fighter, they would have two sprites. So you could have more color variety and larger sprites as fighters. That's why the fighters are so big. That's why they're decently colored. Um, The graphics on this, I think, are they blow me away. Each fighter has a background sort of associated with them. That when you fight them, that's where you go. Uh, The backgrounds all have animated something in the background, I think they all have, maybe Peaches doesn't, uh, usually it's us either, like, a spectator kind of wiggling around from, you know, uh, one of the cactus plants, or, uh, the, a lava flow underneath, uh, it goes the extra mile to have that kind of detail in its graphics. The animations, while not full of frames, uh, the animations are really well done. When you kick, it's not just you throwing your foot out there. Your the the facial animations for the characters change. When you block, uh, it changes their facial animations. Some characters, when you hold back, you don't just shuffle backwards. Your character actually turns and walks back, walks away. Yeah, uh, it you know, actually turns around and goes backwards. The game also Features crouching animations, both air punches and kicks, because the buttons are punch and kick, of course. Um, there even are timeout animations, where if you run out of time and it, the game goes to whoever has the most life left, whoever uh, loses has a little sad animation. All of the all of the characters have winning poses. Why is this important? This is the kind of detail you see from a legitimate fighting game. They went far enough to put all of that kind of stuff in graphically, which I find incredibly refreshing and incredibly surprising because it's stuff they could have left out. They could have left out crouching completely. They didn't have to have crouching in the game. Um... They didn't have to have winning poses in the game. They didn't have... Because when you add crouching, Aaron, you have to have a crouch punch and a crouch kick. Everyone has it. They could have very easily said, when you're crouching, you get one attack, both buttons are the same thing. They didn't do that. Uh, One note on the the, uh, graphical animation part of it, every character has an unused ducking hit sprite. Uh, This is where if you were ducking and you got punched, uh, you would it would have a different animation where, than when you were standing up. The game actually dropped those. the The sprites are still in the code, but the game actually dropped those. And now, if you're ducking and you get hit, your character stands up. I don't know why they took those out, but there you go. Um, I'd say you got a pretty good reason as to why. Why Either they ran out of time fooling with them? No, they that, were they, in the game. Yeah, yeah, but there were tons
0: <laughs> of assets in my game that weren't used. So they didn't get to implement them, or whatever they were doing was causing a, a problem.
1: Possibly. Possibly. Um, next, I want to talk about the sound real quick. We're going to go back to gameplay. I, I want to get the, the minor things out of the way. Sound. Kind of crappy. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, the but sound, I mean, it's, it sounds not that... It's
0: not like it's important as it is in my game. Correct. Because you're actually this is an original concept that so you can get away with. Yes.
1: It. Yeah. Um...
0: The- Plus, they've got a lot of big, beefy things going on, and maybe that was a bridge too far. Yeah.
1: The uh, uh, sound, like, it, it, the sound effects and the music and whatnot, crappy. Or not good. Not as good as the rest of the, the, the total package. So let's talk about gameplay. Yeah. I really like this. The punches and the kicks and the impacts felt significant. You, the, when you when a character gets hit, they grimace and they slide back a little bit. So all the shots felt powerful. All the characters have at least one special move. Um, some characters have as much as three. Usually those are fireballs um, or some kind of dashing attack. Uh, Mario probably has the most complete move set. He has a dragon punch, a fireball, and like a a charge kick. Um, there are some glitches with the moves. For example, Mario and Luigi are kind of like your Ken and Ryu's. They're just—it's actually a palette swap, although it's really well done. Uh, but Lu- if you play as Luigi, you can't do a dragon punch, and you can't do the the sliding kick for whatever I was reason. About that, because I could get him to yeah. do it. Yeah, that
0: explains um, that. Is there a reason?
1: I no, no. I think it, <laughs> I think it was just a bug. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but if you wanted to play that type of fighter, just play Mario. He's a, he's a complete package. the The projectiles are slightly themed for the characters. For example, um, Donkey Kong Junior. throws a banana peel and slides it across the ground for his projectile. So they did go the extra mile there as well. Uh, The most disappointing thing from that aspect is Bowser is really short compared to the other characters, and that was a sprite limitation. Also, Bowser was the last addition to the game, so they ran out of time and kicked it out the door. Uh, But back to gameplay. Everything you would expect from a fighting game is present. You've got your special moves, you've got your punches, your kicks, you've got your uh, combos, although they are incredibly difficult to pull off you can pull off sprite combos. I think the one I was the most successful with was Princess Peach. You can throw and then immediately go into her uh, twirling attack and get a double hit there. Um, is this as tight as like a Street Fighter II for the Super Nintendo? Of course not. Of course not. You're never yeah. going to get that. Yeah, well, that's true. <clears throat> it's but, not that tight. But the... the existence of sprite combos because I can't imagine they programmed any of these in uh, is possible I tried to break the game by finding like infinite hits type stuff I was unable to do that so it does look like they they kind of stopped that from being a thing um, also it doesn't look like you can fireball battle uh, when you throw if two people throw a fireball and fireballs are different speeds depending on your character. Uh, when you throw fireballs, the fireballs will pass through each other. If whoever gets hit first, the other person's fireball disappears. Uh, I actually don't have a huge problem with that. I, it, it's, but it's an aspect of gameplay. Um, all of the punches and kicks are important depending on what fighter you're playing. Some people have better air punches uh, than they do kicks or vice versa on the ground. So there is a variety there. There is stuff that you can play with and learn a character. Now, the characters are, of course, limited. You've only got a punch and a kick, you know, and all the flying, standing, crouching that comes with that, plus your special moves. But I think there is some depth here from the length of limbs and that sort of thing. I have a feeling, Aaron, you're getting ready to kill this game. So go ahead. I know you're about ready to pop. What were you? What was your opinion on this? Well, I, you know, I, uh, I'd not heard of this, but
0: apparently it's got quite a cult
1: following. Absolutely does. You know,
0: and we'll uh, get to that. I've been
1: told that this is the first game of
0: that ever had these guys fighting each other. Yes,
1: this this was pre Smash Brothers, which Nintendo officially yeah. released, be a huge worldwide sensation. Uh,
0: so let's talk about what the bad stuff first. I mean, the game okay. is. The, the, you'll lose the characters. The graphics get distorted and screwed up. Yes, you have sp- sprite flicker. Yeah, and so there's that. You didn't really get into that, but it's a huge deal because it makes the game much more difficult. It, it lining stuff up, judging movement. Guys partially disappear and they flicker. Again, it's a system limitation, so I, I'm not going to hold it against them. But it just it's it's in there, and that does limit the amount of enjoyment I can have from the game because it's. It's there. Really? And, 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 okay. Well, it makes it hard to tell what's going on, especially when that happens in the middle of moves or when the middle, a guy's doing a, uh, something, it makes it hard. Uh, that much said, uh, I played this for a while. I, by the way, my two favorite characters were Donkey Kong and Peach. I'd say Peach. Uh, Peach sort of reminded me of, in some ways, a Vega. just the hair whip thing also, yeah. which I like, which we've seen in other games. But also, she looks better in this than you know what we would expect. Uh, and by the way, she looked also in my in my game. They made Peach look good, better. looking. yeah, they, they make her, they sexualize her some. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I can put it that way. But uh, uh, the uh, character roster, is just, they've uh, pretty much everyone's represented. Yeah, you know, I've tried all the guys, uh, and uh, they it's there's some sameness. I mean, let's face facts. But the two, but listen, we I know for a fact that two button fighting games can be great because I've played one Must Fall Twenty Nine Seven. That's a great game. Yeah. So it's definitely doable. Now, this isn't in the same stratosphere as One Must Fall 29. That was on a PC. So what do you got here? If you you take the glitches out of it, uh, you've got beefy characters that look like they're supposed to. They have unique moves. I was getting special moves off. Yeah, I didn't have any problems with Uh, the troll. Donkey Kong, I was dragon-punching guys. I could throw the banana peel. Uh, Donkey does a move where he spins around like a top. Yep. which I like. It's also uh, Peach does a very similar move to that. Yeah, uh, so th- they do moves. Uh, um, is the computer AI or whatever they've got cooking? It's I found him difficult to deal with. You're right. I couldn't. I tried to do the old. He'll always fall for this, and he didn't always fall <laughs> for this. He actually, they were pretty confident. When the computer mm. gets on you, it's on you like a blanket. I it, mean, it rushes in, and that's that's and that's uh so
1: you've got to be ready to deal with something that. Something to comment about that. Yeah. Different characters have different fighting techniques. So like Mario and Luigi are both rushers. They absolutely are on you from the very beginning of the round. Whereas uh uh Koopa and uh uh Bowser fight differently. But, they're, they're more reserved, they they're more Fall back, use the charge moves. Fall back,
0: use most the charge of what moves. I saw. I mean, when I say they're on you, I don't mean like they're necessarily like on top of you, but they're always a- a- aggressive. Yeah, they're always aggressive. Uh, they don't take a, def- a defensive posture very often, and you're, and some of the characters are are on you straight up on top of you, but they're always after you. The uh, fireballs are small. Yeah. And, they're, and they're they're and they're fast and they're hard to dodge. Some are fast. Yeah, and so there was also speed. that. I thought the backgrounds were good. I mean, listen, I'm not going to kill it. I'm, I I I don't know if I is this a game I would get of the two games today? I think that Super Mario World's got a bigger upside because it's a more advanced title. But that much said, uh, I looked at a lot of bootleg games on the NES, and a lot of them are fighting games. In fact, a lot of them are from the Hummer team. I might add yeah. as well. And, and and there aren't that many that are good. In fact, some of them are horrible. Yeah, uh, and some of them are are a lot of them are just palette grabs from the original titles that they that they made playable when the NES, and they they don't look that good. Even for like a game like a Mortal Kombat, where you had legitimate actors, the whole nine yards, digitized guys, they don't make the trip over the NES too good.
1: Well, the, and it's, it's, written in, the NES is very limited palette.
0: Point, but my, I'm getting to something, and the point is this game which basically took original... These look like they got ripped out of the animations of the 3DO, a lot of yeah. <laughs> Which is that you would think that's a bad thing, but the thing for is... the they're, NES. <laughs> they're sized p- properly for the most part, and they look good, and you yeah. can actually see these... They did some work, some character work, and yeah. it's impressive that they did it. I mean, is this something you can pull out as a novelty and play at your next party with your buddies? Yes. Is this one, if you're sitting around the house, and you're like, man, I want to play a fighting game. This is not the one you're going to want to play. No, no. Uh, but, it's but I mean, they gave it a good shot. And this is another one. If I if I had an NES in uh, 1994, and I was like, you know, I need a game uh, in for the NES in 94, uh, I'm going to play this. I would not be that disappointed, because I've played attempts at fighting games that were actual w- releases that weren't this good. Yeah. So yeah, it's not that bad. I will say. I think we we're jading people. We're making it difficult to believe that these that these bootlegs are bad. We picked, like you said, these are probably the two of the best ones. Yeah. The majority of these things are no good. Yeah. You know. So yeah. we don't want to tell you. We don't want to put across that like we're giving you this is what they are like because they're not. And yeah. this is one of the better fighting ones, I
1: would say. Yeah, and sometimes. Th- just a a little bit more into this because I think this is vitally important. Uh, this was the crew. Yes, they they took the concept and the characters from from uh, uh, Nintendo, but they did all this animation. They did all the sprite work. They did all of the the uh, the back coding. This Cart Fighter is actually built off of their Street Fighter engine, right? And <clears throat> if you if you look and you start really comparing them you kind of see that, like, Peach is kind of like a Dolce or a Chung Lee and uh, even some of the leftover sprites, just little corners and stuff, of are in the code. Did you actually play the Street Fighter they did? Uh, they did so many
0: of I them. Play, I've played them, and I think this, in a lot of ways, I mean, it's because it when you're trying to recreate characters everybody's used to, it's hard. And yeah. when they took these cartoony guys, this actually was a good way to go. Yeah. You know, for a fighting game. Because
1: it's, they, you, you don't have any expectations of, of quality. It's like when the people can't, get, if a hardware is, is not powerful enough, they go to the chibi version. Yeah. Uh, and this these aren't chibi versions, but they are different. They're, they're their fun, own they're, unique they're, spin. Kind of,
0: they're kind of dopey cartoon versions. That, But you can get away with that with the Mario
1: game. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, I I just think... I wish that these people... I mean, they're defunct now. I wish the people at Hummer Team did more of this sort of thing. Where they... Sure, they might have taken the character designs from somewhere else. But they did their own thing. And I think they did it really, really well. I enjoyed my time with Kart Fighter far more than I did Super Mario World. Because Super Mario World, I already had what the game should be in my mind. And when it wasn't that, even though I didn't you know, I knew it wasn't gonna be an exact copy or anything, but just the feel of the game. This I had no expectations going in. And when it was not garbage, I found it good.
0: Yeah. Um, we got some Discords on this, Brent, if you're interested in check it out. Absolutely. Um, T S I Matt chime back in. I, I never heard of this until today and I found out that I actually have it so I gave it a go. First, while I have no idea uh, what I was expecting when I fired it up, this was certainly not it. (laughs) Anyway, I generally suck at fighting games, and this one is no exception. I first played as Mario and got my rear handed to me by Koopa. Then I played one as Peach and fared a little better, as the long legs helped out a bit. While this is no means a great game, it's not really that bad, given the hardware for which it was made 5 out of 10. The Boat looked at this one. He said... Really, the best thing about this game is the copy of the Mario Kart opening screen. As an 8-bit fighting game, though, it ain't bad. You've got a reasonable roster of fighters with special moves and different stages and different music. If this had come out as a non-Nintendo character game on an 8-bit Euro computer, it would have been hailed as an instant classic. As a hack, it's better than most. Uh, So there you go. Oh, we've got one more here. Pajaco chimes in. Uh, who knew that Mario Land characters were such bad A's? For an <laughs> NES bullet game, this actually isn't too bad. The character roster in is pretty good, and the sprites are big, and overall it's quite responsive. My main complaint is that the AI always seems to come off better if you both go for it in an attack. It seems to be able to block most of your projectiles and have the shortest stun sequences so you can never get them in time. I think this would have been a much better two-player game than one, but overall I found it more impressive than I thought it would be. Seven out of ten.
1: And, although not featured in the option screen, you can play this two-player. Yeah. Uh, just, you, you start a one-player game as normal. When you get to the character select screen, start hitting buttons on player two stick, it pops up, you fight each other. You know, all I, good. I think one last bit on this one is that now, you've got a good... Fl-
0: this is going to sound stupid, but you do. it too. They could have gotten away with four or five guys. It's a bootleg. Yeah. They gave you a, a big roster, and they tried to give you some variety. Yes. I'm guessing the Hummer team sort of kind of tried. Yep. and And if given the limitations, uh, they, I think all things considered, they did a pretty decent job. And I'd wager there were probably some skilled coders and creative minds amongst those uh, gentlemen. Absolutely. Those ladies, and they probably... Uh, Went on to have a good careers doing legitimate work. You never know, or maybe they're doing really great illegitimate work. That's sort of what I'm famous for. So there you go.
1: And this was so popular, right? Yeah. So you've got your boot. You you've got your uh bootleg comes out. Yeah. Goes away because you know once it's released, it co- it runs its course over there. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it got found by the West, and the West started bootlegging their co- the game. They would take NES shells. ...make covers for it, because these were Famicom games. You know, they they looked more like Super Nintendo cards. Where our Nintendo NES were flat, gray, goes in the machine. So you couldn't, you know, they were different. Uh, But enough bootleggers over in the West said, I want to play that, that you can buy this on eBay right now, new in box the boot, the Western Bootleg for 60 bucks. Yeah. Now, you can get it about $20 cheaper if you just want a cart. And, and uh, you can get it almost... I mean, this
0: is one that I'm sure appears on some of the collections. Oh, absolutely. And so those you could get for not, practically nothing. They're just do- double cheap. That's why I didn't price them because I knew you could get them double cheap. You know, it's uh. while well, before we leave the topic, Super Tech Boy in the chat asked if we knew what these games sold for. It's a good question. I actually looked into that. Uh, and I don't know what you found out. But you know, you're talking about games that were distributed all over Asia and in large chunks of Europe as well, and the prices I could never pin down what these sold for.
1: Like a new release, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't
0: think they. I would guess they were quite a fraction of what a. a I mean, you got to think these are NES cartridges in '95 and '94 respectively. I can't imagine them selling for a whole lot of money. But I, I, I couldn't. I looked into that
1: and I couldn't find anyone talking discussing. What they sold for? Yeah, did I, you? I, I couldn't find that either. Um, but I would imagine it was it was very very
0: affordable. It was very reasonable. Let's yeah. just put it that way. You know what else is often reasonable, and sometimes it's not. Brent, me? Pff, no, you're never reasonable. You proved that, to Preacher. I'm talking about the
1: wheel, brother. Fire that sucker up. All right, Aaron. What we, we have bit of dude. This wheel topic. action. What do we got this week? Uh, we have added to the wheel in the Retro wi- Rewind spot, we have VCR games that are not the action, Mac. Oh,
0: going back to the well in the VCR, are we? Well,
1: that was your suggestion. That's the Retro Rewind. And then the new piece for this week is the Super Aiken from the On Collective suggestion. Right, I don't know what that is. I do not either. Alright. But he assured us it was emulatable. Hey, listen, so far we're batting a thousand on these. So let's see what we can do here.
0: Fire it up. All right. Boats don't have this. The old logo's on the wheel.
1: And the we winner is... Oh, I think
0: I know what this is. Engage! It's the Engage. It's yes. the Engage. Rousey oh, will, will
1: have a happy little foot. Now, Aaron, don't be all down on it. Just a, cu- just a week ago, we had fun with the JM2E stuff. The Engage,
0: though, is notorious and nefarious uh, for its uh, brief run. Uh, but we'll give it a shot. I'm not sure I've ever... I, I remember attempting to try to play the engage one time on the emulation, yeah. running into trouble. So we'll tr- we'll see how we do. Uh, listen, just a few uh, things to tick off here uh, at the end of the show. Uh, if you didn't catch it last night, it was a happening. It was the Taze Valley Britain didn't Catch-It, Taze Valley Classic Computer Club, uh, including explosions uh, and and magic. Magic likes what you've never seen before. <laughs> Uh, if you missed out on the Taze Valley Classic Computer Club, uh, I will be releasing it this week on the Amigos Stream Team channel. Three words, Amigos Stream Team. So if you would, uh, add that to your subscription list. We've releasing all kinds of interesting stuff in there. We've just finished up uh, releasing uh, the final parts of the Amigathon from last year, 2021. The footage that was thought to be lost, but, but actually was just on my hard drive. Yeah, so it's lost by me. Uh, But it will be released uh, coming up. I also want to talk about the uh, Classic Computer Club. Uh, We're bringing it back, uh, Brent. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, let me get the date here. It is the 21st of May. Uh, That will be a 4.30 uh, start time. So you've got about uh, 20 days to get cooking on this. Uh, 4.30... International Computer Club. It should be a big event, Brent. We've got a lot of people signed up already. Uh, There's a sign-up sheet in the Discord, on uh, uh, the Amigos Discord. And if you're not a member of the Discord, uh, you're not out of the loop here. uh, Drop me a note at uh, ARGPresents at Mail.com, and I'll get back to you if you want to sign up. Uh, Everyone's welcome to attend. Uh, We will stream it live on Twitch, Brent, as we always do at 4.30. Uh, It's going to be quite a diverse crew this time around. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and it should be a good time, uh, Brent. What do you got? You got anything you want to talk about here? Uh,
1: Boat Fest. If you need some information on Boat Fest, go to boatfest.info. That is the uh, retro gaming festival, yeah, uh, uh, convention, if you will. Yeah, it's gonna going down June 24th and 25th of this year. Uh, there are a couple of tickets left. So go and grab those up before you lose your chance. Yeah.
0: Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're doing a ton of shows there. We're bringing tons of stuff there. Listen, you're going to see stuff there. You're never going to see where on Earth. I will have, and Brent was very excited when I mentioned it to him in the pre-show, but I will have one of the few Fujinet Atom computer-enabled uh, items anywhere on Earth. I'm talking less than probably 20 on the planet. Come to Boat Fest, you'll be able to experience what it's like to have a Coleco Atom computer with Wi Fi, pulling stuff from the ether. It was amazing. Brick couldn't believe it that this thing existed. He's more excited than anybody about it. So I can't wait to unveil that at the, uh, at Boat Fest. Plus, our boat will be there too. Jack Flax is going to be there. Frank from Retro Rewind's going to be there. Listen, bring your consoles, bring your computers, bring the things you'd like to get recapped. Frank's going to be recapping crap. Listen, I got an Apple II GS I need to talk to Frank about. You know what I mean? Because during the Computer Club last night, this thing went up in a blaze of glory after using it for 15 minutes. I got I got hosed on that deal, Brent. I'm not bitter though. But anyway, Internet Computer Club should be a lot of fun. I think, Brent, that's all we've got. I think that's all we got. You got anything you want? Any final thoughts? Nope. That's it. Uh please. Support your local bootlegger. We'll see you next time.
1: Adios. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector-style graphics and Bart Pitt for his amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash Presents. Just like these fine folks. Rolo. Olaf Wolfe. Aw, oh, Terry Howard. John Schaller. The slow Norris, Frodo L, Chris Foles. Mitsuyama, Jason Ward, Rob Flack O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Jocko 6502 Bitter Blitter, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rathbisson, Bernhardt Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Ram, W. Vetke, Roshi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Supertech Boy, O-Rom, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshack, Retro Allergy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Zenon K9, Templar Marr, On Collective, and Laurence Garou. They all have access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord channel, their name displayed and called out in the credits, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that they help keep ARG spinning. And you can too! Have an idea for a wheel piece? Send it to us at argpresents at mail.com Did you know? Boat Fest 2022 is a go. The retro computing festival put on by the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. You can find out more at boatfest.info We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can watch the replays on YouTube every Wednesday